Our lives aren't like they used to be. They're busier. Early morning Zooms, grabbing coffee to make that in-office meeting, getting to your kid's soccer game on time. Life is different, and so is advertising. To reach any audience, you need your message out there in all media, broadcast to streaming, on screens, and right to the ears of your customers. And that's what we do at Odyssey. Let's build a media campaign that targets the customers you know and want to reach more of. Right here in our community. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Clint Sterner's Football at Four. All right, so there is one big-time concern with the Houston Texans. Call it concern. Call it however you, however you want to shake this thing out. Offensive football is, is, is at an all-time high in terms of creativity and explosiveness, and some of the best minds in the game are the mind, offensive minds in the game are the, the teams that, that were, were and are left in uh, the, the, the playoffs uh, as we came down the stretch here leading up to the Super Bowl. At the end of the day, it ain't it ain't the old NFL where defense wins championships. You better be able to win games offensively as well. You better be able to be dynamic at the quarterback position as well. The one question that's unanswered right now is, what are the Texans going to do on the offensive side of the football? I think we can all agree that even though I would prefer an offensive-minded head coach, you as well, uh, we can all agree that we really, really, really like where the Texans landed. Right, D'Amico Ryan's defensive-minded, great fit in the city. Um, I mean, no question about it. We sat down with him. I get the whole leader of men, and where you could have some high expectations for this organization so moving a, a, forward. A real coach that you look at, no question, he could win a championship. No question about it. I, so, so I'll put my offensive-minded head coach aside and say D'Amico is the guy. But they've got to go out there and get an offensive mind or two or three and make sure that the offensive side of the football is taken care of. More specifically, the quarterback in the quarterback room is in good shape and and taken care of. And there was so much audio from D'Amico Ryan's um, presser last week, introductory presser, that it was hard to kind of to kind of get dig through all of it and pick out the, the diamonds because they were they were diamonds everywhere. Um but I'm driving in this morning, and I'm listening to uh, In the Loop, and I can't remember exactly the conversation that the guys were having, but they played a piece of audio, and it's basically D'Amico's vision for the Houston Texans offense moving forward. And I'd be lying if it didn't turn me on a bit. So, my football horny clip of the day, audio clip of the day, Tyler Milner, is D'Amico Ryan talking about what he hopes – the, or expects the Houston Texans offense to look like? How I envision the offense looking, we want to play with precision, we want to play with effort, we want to play with physicality. With that being, we want to own the line of scrimmage, we want to establish the run game first, but we want to be balanced, operate with play-action pass, right? We also want to be efficient. We want to have explosive playmakers who we can get the ball to. If, if it's not down the field, we want to be able to throw a check down, right, and put it in the hands of an explosive playmaker and see him create. Everything about our offense, we want to make sure that we're adaptable to the players that we have, making sure we're playing to the strengths of our players, getting the ball in our playmaker's hand and letting them make plays. Show you there's all right? no, no, I love that it, made man. me football. You hard. damn right it did. Oh, I was talking to myself right there. Um, yeah, man, look, I, th- this is this is exactly what what we want 
and, and, and we should want to hear from our defensive-minded head coach, is one, it wasn't just the, the a short answer. We want to run the football, kind of like what we had last week when, when he came on with us. You and I highlighted one last week that was real lovey-like, talking about being physical and being able to run the football. This one is exactly what you want. Um, from your from your head coach and and show I think the the one thing that sticks out to me the the most in that in that in that audio is even if we have to check the football down we want to check it down to an explosive playmaker which that means we're not going to be settling for checking this thing down to Rex Burkhead yeah and and to me it, it means like he's going to be going over there and having conversations with people well, not even going over there it's going to be before we enter the game. And before we enter the season of who we're having conversations about of like, no, these aren't these aren't the explosive athletes that we need. These aren't the type of athletes that we need. We're not going to be featuring these guys because that's not what we're looking for. That's not what we're going to try to get. We're not going to have – we're not going to be running third yeah. and eight screens to Rex Burkhead. We're not going to be doing that and putting him in position to where we don't – you know, yeah. we're not getting anything out of him. It, it, it's crazy how – I mean, and I know everybody's probably tired of hearing the Rex Burkhead horse beat to death, right? But it, it and, and just like you know, one would think that Rex Burkhead would be a value if if indeed you were having to pass protect twenty four seven, right? Every time he's in the game. The truth of the matter is the way that the Texans used him last year was they would empty the backfield and he and he was out in routes all the time. Right, and so they're 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 using him in situations where you know you're not going to get pressured, and so then he becomes your checkdown guy, and really the defense is is funneling the football to him. Yes, please. And then the offensive staff didn't even have the 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 the, the sense to go, hey man, we know we're going to funnel the football to the back a lot of the times. Let's let's at least throw the ball to a back that can make somebody miss. Right, it w- it would have been Daria Gumbawale would have been the guy in in that spot more often. What's the, what, what's the kid's name that, that late in the season, the last couple Royce of weeks? Freeman. Royce Freeman. He he looked he looked really good in terms of he could have split some time with Damian Pierce, and then Damian Pierce could have had enough uh, enough in the tank to be that particular back. We all know he could make guys miss. So the the reason that part of, of D'Amico Ryan's audio sticks out to me is that. I don't care that he's a defensive-minded guy. It appears that them days are over. It appears because he's specifically talking about it. Those days are over. As you're, a de- you're right. Even if a Rex was on the roster, and you're like, all right, man, he's somebody we could really use in pass protection. If Rex, if Rex kept getting that ball, like I, I, I believe D'Amico yeah. would have would have worked. Well, well I, I, no, but look, I, I think D'Amico, D'Amico clearly has has the. I mean, look, the understanding from a defensive perspective in in, in third and eight. Right? What do I want to make them do? I want to make them check the football down. Now, if I know that Rex Burkhead's going to be on the no. field in a lot of those situations, I damn sure want to make them check the football Let's down. Let's do it. I'm going to funnel the football to that player and then trust that my guys can come up and tackle. So, I mean, in hindsight, the thought that he played as much as he did is absolutely mind-boggling, if I'm being completely honest. Um, and and I, D'Amico speaking specifically to, maybe not Rex Burkhead, and maybe not even last year with the Texans, but speaking directly to, Having explosive players, so that when you check them down, check the ball down to them, 
they can go make plays. I don't know, show it. Just I needed that this Monday morning. It just it turned me on a bit. So it's all right. So there there I'm you glad have you it. You got a ride. There, there, yeah, there you go. There you have it, Houston. If uh, if, uh, if if that's what you're looking for, you needed a clip of the day to turn you on a bit. If that doesn't do it, we ain't drinking a cold beer. That made me football horny. Show there's a lot of a um, lot of lot of noise out there around the Texans and what they're going to do offensively, who they're going to hire offensively. I'm not going to lie, man. It's um, I'm getting pretty excited about it. Show, I'm getting pretty excited. Well, you about should. It. I, I read an article and I, and I just I just and again I, I don't I, I just hope I don't know where this information came from. Uh, it makes too much damn sense to not be a possibility, but um. It, it really turns me on. It really gets me excited, man. Bobby Slowick, as the offensive coordinator, we've talked at length about uh, my concern with him is he hadn't been on the offensive side of the football that long. But if if I said from jump, if D'Amico Ryan says, hey, Bobby's the guy and I'm putting all my stock, I'm going to hand him the reins to my organization offensively, then I'm going to trust until until he proves different. I'm going to trust that Bobby Slowick is that dude. He's the next up-and-coming Hot play caller, potential head coach in, in in Kyle Shanahan's offense. So we're gonna gamble on that. Okay. Well, then this article I'm reading show says Bobby Slowick paired with Clint Kubiak. Well, anybody just hears that last name around here is gonna lose their mind. Well, you, you look at Clint Kubiak. You know, you know, last year he was involved in the in the Denver Broncos debacle, if you will. So that that that, that can't be a good thing. But you you look at Clint Kubiak as a as an offensive uh, coach as a quarterback coach, and you pair him with Bobby Slowick, having two dudes that have play calling experience in the league. Um, I'm feeling really good about that combination. This is not about one guy for me. It's about the combination of OC quarterback coach and anybody that's going to be in the room with the quarterback on a day to day basis. I could get down with Bobby Slowick and Clint Kubiak being a combination. The one thing is, for me, I, I'm not going to lie. The, the concern part for me is the youth inexperience, right, with these guys. Not, not a lot of play calling experience here. Not a lot of running the meeting because we all know, like, and I, and I think it's important that you said that, especially if they go young, that it is going to be the village, not just the one person yep. because – like, D'Amico is turning over. I mean, I'm sure he's going to be there and obviously do what he does as a head coach. But theoretically, he is turning over the offense yeah. to the offensive staff. Yeah. And, and and I think it is important that all of because it does – like, we're, the names we're hearing right now are, are guys that don't have a ton of experience, yeah. especially calling plays and running – well, it's, it's it's just to me like again what we can go to we, we can go to either team that's playing in the Super Bowl and and when you pan over to the to the sideline during the game you got Nagy, Bieniemy and Andy Reid circling the quarterback. It's not about one dude. Right? Now Andy's running the show obviously. Before before um Nagy came back, hell you had Bieniemy, you had Reid and you had uh Kafka. Right, I mean, you, they're just Doug Peterson was there at one point. I mean, it's just like you, there's it's more than just one dude. It, it would be great to have one offensive-minded head coach, but it, it's got to be two, three, four different guys. And and I just the more I think about Bobby Slowick and Clint Kubiak being the, the 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 play caller and the quarterback coach, I really like it. And then I went further, 
And I'll be damned if I didn't see the Texans interviewing another fellow that that would that would help that uh, help that that quarterback room. Most folks around here are pretty familiar with him, Gerard Johnson. Very popular. Texans interviewed Gerard Johnson. Gig him. And I don't know what well, I don't remember what the what the title was. I'm assuming he'd be an assistant quarterback coach, some kind of advisor to to the the uh, the head coach possibly. Um, but at the end of the day, it would be definitely a dude that's played the position at a high level. A dude that that knows the game inside and out, has stood back there, taken a hit, has stood back there, made the decision himself, and you plant him in the quarterback room with Bobby Slowick, with Clint Kubiak, I think it's a great scenario for the next quarterback for the Houston Texans. And I think it's a great scenario for, if best case scenario, the Texans have success offensively, Bobby Slowick goes on, and maybe he's a head coach candidate the next couple of years, That'd be great for all of us, by the way, because that means the Texans are out there kicking ass. But if that's the case, now Bobby Slowick goes and gets a job. You got Clint Kubiak, you got Gerard Johnson in the mix, right? And you just that pipeline for the Texans for a defensive-minded head coach is it could end up shaping up pretty dang good here over the next week with the Texans. Yeah, the same the same kind of issue with that thought because that is hey that's what you kind of want to protect. That's the deal is how often is going to be the turnover for a defensive-minded yep. coach with his OC. It's my same thing with the process of hiring the OC to begin with is, boy, how many of these guys are going to work? Like, how many of these guys out of this Shanahan, McVay, Kubiak tree are going to hit? Like, you got to, like, are are there any duds in there? How many of them are going to hit? And you hope they all do. And you hope Bobby Slowick and Kubiak and all of them do hit. But that... That is also a thing in your in your mind. Yep. All right, keep your ears on Texans offensive staff. D'Amico Rhines, he's got to be hiring some folks here pretty quick. Yep. Um, and, and I would imagine there's going to be some familiar names. Oh, by the way, if, if Clint Kubiak is involved, I would imagine Gary Kubiak would be um, involved to some degree. That would be absolutely beautiful. Maybe it's a pipe dream that all these guys are part of it, but it sure, sure it sounds good uh, right now for me, keep your eyes on that whole offensive staff, not just the OC, the whole staff could end up being, being awfully impressive. And most importantly, in my opinion, uh, the, put the quarterback in a, in a position to have some, have some success. Red 22. So we had, um, I survived baby girl live her mm, first, yeah. her first, first birthday, birthday, man. Now. Baby girl's first birthday was Saturday, Saturday morning. We did it at 11 a.m. And uh, she really, she's a happy baby. and She's a happy baby all the time, but she's unbelievably happy in the morning. And so uh, we're going to make sure song. we get some good pictures there, some good good pictures. And then, uh, you know, me and, and, and the fam on my side, we like to indulge a little bit in, in, oh, in some adult beverages. And so we thought the earlier in the morning, the better. Um, and, and we pulled it off, man. Everything everything went well. Every, everything everything went, uh, went according to plan. Yeah, yeah. You spent all kinds of money. Uh Spent, Didn't even ask the wife. Don't don't want to know. Yeah, spent all kinds of money on something that uh, Liv has no idea. Well, it's just it was just another day to her. She, she's matter? got she's got pictures, man. She's got pictures. There was well, there was there was one thing though, show. The wife orders. I walk in Friday night, and she's upset, and I'm like, oh hell, what what what? We didn't got all the way through this week. What, what's nothing. what's going on? She says, Liv's outfit didn't show up. I said, oh, you'll be all right. But you know, tried. She said, you want to see a picture? I said, yeah. I should have said no because uh, seeing a picture just made it worse, right? She sees the picture and she's upset, man. She's upset. 
But between her and her mom and all of them, they they managed to put her in this little pink tutu with these. Air, we, we had we had some Air Force Ones and some and and little, little onesie thing that said you know one year my yeah. first birthday or whatever. Look look good. We're about two hours into the party and somebody says their goodbyes and they walk out the front door show and they go hey. FedEx package on the front on the front uh, door here. What do you want me to do with it? And I looked at Lo and I said, "You ain't gonna believe what that is." You got she, she cut it open, boss, and it was that damn outfit. That outfit. The one she wanted. Too. Oh, the one she you wanted. You gotta save it just in case you have another girl. Great point. Oh, she put her in anyway and got some pictures. She she put it in. Oh, her okay. real birthday's not till tomorrow. Ah, her real birthday's not till tomorrow. So. Um, it, it, it'll it, it'll get it'll get used. It, it, it'll get used. But boy, oh, yeah, Mama was. We had one hiccup right there, man. Hot. I mean, the outfit. She had, she had really chose this thing. She had really. Oh, and it, it, in her in in her at first, I was like, "What are we doing?" And then when she showed me the picture, I was like, "Yeah, that's, that's pretty that's dope. Saying, that's pretty yeah, dope right there." Right yeah, that's that's gonna that's these, you're gonna put these forces Come on. on. I got these dudes, snakeskin boots. All right, coming up, uh, a Hall of Famer says, uh, "Hey, Jim Crane." This is what the hell you need to do with one of your most important players. We'll let you hear what he had to say coming up next right here on The Drive. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. From the trailer, Will and Frame text line, tell Ole Miss that all us listeners tell her happy birthday. Mama, I appreciate it. Or, or I don't know if that's a, that's a male or female, but I, I, I greatly appreciate it. Judging man. by the tone, I think it is a male. There you go. Yeah. Tones can be misleading. Take it from a guy. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think a lady time. would text in and tell a little miss. Good point. Good point. Right. I think that's fair. Henry is his name, I think. Henry, I appreciate it, man. I, I will tell her. Tomorrow's the real day, man. A <laughs> year. A, actually, actually. Year. A year. Yeah, she's already great, a year, man. man. Uh, the, 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 the reality of it is, we went and ate crawfish at, at, a, at a friend's house. And she wasn't due until March. And we went and ate crawfish at a friend's house right this. about right about this time. Generally. Right about this time, actually. And then we uh, we left and went home and whoop, we need to go to the emergency room. Went to the emergency room that night, 10-something. She had her at 10.45 the next day. And that was right in the middle of when Lovey was getting hired. Thank you. Crazy. By way crazy? of Big Sandy, Texas. How fast yeah. time rides? It's crazy, man. Remember, you remember crazy. What, that little know. joker's running around, running around, and I, I, I lost her in the house the other day. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. No, I'm, I'm, You're fine. I thought. Well, I thought my wife. I, I thought my wife was in the back room, and and, and she went that way. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought my wife was in the back room, and she went that way. And so I was like, Oh hell, I'm good. And then all of a sudden, I heard my wife behind me, like in the utility room. And I was like, Uh oh. I said, Hey, go track her I down. Said, I said, Where's the baby at? She said, what do you mean? I said, I, she went in here, and she's not in the closet. She's not in the bathroom. She's not in the bedroom. I don't know where the hell she went. She was tucked off in a corner over there. That's just crazy. <laughs> One spot I couldn't see. Cheesing over there. <laughs> your heart is up in your throat. Oh, what happened? yeah. That you first should... one. Well, you had that second one. <laughs> hey, Liv, get out of here. Hey, get out of here. quit playing. I know you're here. in that toilet. <laughs> I know you ain't playing. Now nah, it's crazy, man, how time flies. Remember, I sent you that photo when Nicholas was born? Yeah, yeah. Went out, went out Saturday by Nicholas Cleats. He starts, he starts T-ball. <laughs> That's crazy, man. <laughs> Time flies, man. Yeah, man. That 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 stuff flies, man. I've done I've done a really good job, though. Show of like, if I can pat myself on the back a bit here. Why not? Um, 
of embracing the, the the moment. You know what I mean? I don't know if it's because I'm an older dad or what, but like you know, you just hear a lot from and and it's the first one, so it's it's easy to not be annoyed and not be not be frustrated and not be you know, I mean, just so sleep deprived you can't. But I, I've tried to soak up every every moment, man. Every moment. Yeah, that's good, man. That's good. That's what we all want to. Uh, <laughs> some of us. Like, well, when you got three of them. There's a lot of moments. Like, when bub. is he gonna get out these diapers? <laughs> when is the next? When is the next milestone? When he gonna start eating regular food? <laughs> like, that was the deal. All right, uh, David Ortiz was in town, uh, and um, and I know Mark Berman caught up with him, and he had uh, he had this to say about Framber Valdez. I was just listen, listen to what he says: Jim Crane, Dana Brown, and Jeff Bagwell. What he believes they should do in regards to their ace. Be honest with you. If I am the Houston Astro, I would get the guy a 10-year deal right now. Right now. Right now. Here. Go and pitch. Because he loved the game. He loved pitching. He want to be good. Right now. Framber Valdez is who he's talking about. 29-year-old. See, Dave just out here talking. 29-year-old Framber Valdez. Framber has been pretty good. He has. Thanks, Johnny. 20, uh, 29-year-old Framber Valdez. My man, my man Dave out here. I'll give him 10 years right now. A 10-year deal right now. Come on, man! I, Woo! Love that money. If Framber in his in his representation came to me, if I were Jim Crane or Dana Brown or Jeff Bagwell, more importantly, and they were like, "Yeah, man, we're seeking we're seeking ten years." Well, folks, we're gonna have to play this thing on out. And thank you so much for your service, uh, but uh, we ain't we ain't doing no ten no ten damn years. You wouldn't give Framber ten? No, hell no. Absolutely. Hold on, so like I, I mean, I, I'm five, maybe six, and I'm a, and I'm a, and I'm a little nervous about six. I could do six. I'm a little nervous about six. It's just you ten. know, Jim, you know, Jim got a lot in common on these on these contracts. No, sh- we ain't got a lot. I'd have, I'd, I'd have done Carlos, and I'd, have, <laughs> and I'd have been wrong, but I'd have done Carlos. But no, I mean, like, I, it's just the pitcher position, the, the, the starting pitcher position. What we're starting to see right now is. These guys, as I said earlier, it's not a matter of when, or it's not a matter of if, it is a matter of when somebody is going to blow an arm out, somebody is going to have a major injury. Like, they're just happening. Almost all of these guys get a Tommy John. Somebody gets one. one. And at 29 years old, to think I'm going to roll with him until he's 39 and be sitting here with a contract for him at 39 and – to think like oh, I'm probably gonna miss a year and a half, maybe two, with the potential of Tommy John. Everybody gets it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Five, six is the absolute max that I could go with Framber Valdez. Really, I could give Framber ten. I, I could give Framber ten. Really? I, look, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm, I'm I'm banking on this now. If injury happens, injury happens. I I can't. I mean, there's no, I can't do anything about. Um, about you know, if a guy ends up having needing to have Tommy John, that's just it's unfortunate. But I mean, the odds are it. it's probably going to happen. Yeah, is it? Are, are the odds are it's probably going to happen? I mean, I just, I mean, I mean it happens from time to time. But, down. You know, but but look, I look at it like this. I I think I think there's. Do I believe that Fromber could pitch into into you know thirty nine, forty years old, the way these guys are rolling nowadays? Yeah, probably. Do I feel like he could be? A top three starter in my rotation, yeah, probably. Do I believe that uh, the the last 
handful of years and a 10-year deal should be a team-friendly team friendly number based on the way that the, the cap's skyrocketing in these leagues? Yeah. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd give him a 10. I mean, I, look, I know Crane's not going to do it. But but I would I would give I would give my ace I'd give my ace ten. Now even the thirty even the twenty nine years old that nah man it don't that bother, doesn't bother nah me. it doesn't bother me I mean look I know it's it's I yeah I'd rather him be twenty four <laughs> I mean I, yeah let's be, let's be honest yeah I'd rather I'd rather him be twenty four twenty six but but nah twenty nine doesn't doesn't scare me look at, at thirty six thirty seven thirty eight or, or thirty seven thirty eight thirty nine if he's still in my top three in a rotation doing me do just doing me that. I'd I'd be good with it. Yeah, yeah. Like the last one, and I think you're talking is Garrett Cole. He went to the he went to the 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 Yankees nine years, three hundred twenty four million. Like I I want to pay him fairly per year. Yeah. Uh, like I I want to pay him fairly per year. I think he deserves when he comes about. I think he deserves thirty plus million a year as a starter. I just can't go ten. I can't. I can't. I can't go eight. To be honest with you. Old cheap ass show. Get that man ten years. Okay, this just proves it, right? Like this year's like logically out there, guy. None of y'all out here. Y'all didn't want to give Carlos six. Y'all didn't. Now y'all in here giving a, a pitcher who's twenty nine years old ten years. Framber has been pretty. Now, good. I'm not saying you, Clint. I, I think oh, you, you, okay. but I'm talking some of you out here. Come on now. <laughs> now come on. Now this just goes to it. Anything show says, I'm going to disagree. Can we just can, can we just admit to that one? All right, now don't come at me like I'm crazy about this one, that the 29-year-old guy. Look, you just – We'll keep an eye on that, Ronnie. That damn concern, that concern bug bit you before your feet even hit the ground this morning. Well, yeah. Tyler, you giving him 10? Got 10 lined up? Man, I'd seriously think about it right now. Oh, shut up, Tyler! I would. I'm not. You would give him – I said I would seriously – yeah, I would seriously think about it. You would seriously think about giving him 10 years? If if the Astros can put their heads together and come up with some kind of 10-year deal – the way they've come up with deals for Jordan recently and others, then then I'm about it. What's now, the, now what's do I want the wanna, deal he came up for Jordan? What, I, a two-year I, deal? A, a deal that's more team friendly than player friendly. I think in baseball, it's it, the way baseball's going. You gotta you gotta create these contracts that way. You have to, or you're screwed. But but if it's a typical ten-year deal, like I think you're referring to, then no, I'm out. I give up. What you, a ten-year deal for a, an ace pitcher who finished fifth. The top five in the in the Cy Young is going to be some around ten years between thirty five and forty million a year. That's gonna be that's 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 gonna be. I don't I don't want to break break the bank. No. Someone but. said, "How about a ten year deal with an injury stipulation?" Yeah. <laughs> Framber's Framber yeah. and his people are down for that. That's the thing about baseball. There are those contracts, unfortunately, or fortunately, if you're a player, they are always 100 yeah, percent guaranteed. Yeah, but I, look, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you start throwing the the dollar figures around; it's a much deeper conversation than just <laughs> would you would you give him a 10 year deal? Yeah, I would love for the Astros to wrap up a 10 year a 10 year deal with with Framber Valdez, and and I, and I'd I'd be a okay with him being 39 years old. Now, if it's if it's just ungodly numbers, then I mean. We got it. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's just, obviously adds depth to the conversation real quick. Like if we're talking ten years, we're we're talking well over three hundred million dollars total. But I mean, it would break down within, you know, the fair amount he would get per year. I mean, that man. Like I, I think you made a really good point earlier in terms of he's not somebody that you just the way his his motion is, you wouldn't think is going to get. You know, he's not as likely to have injuries because his motion is so yeah. simple and there's not a lot of torque it's on effortless, it. It's effortless, yeah. But 
Damn, he's 29. <laughs> he's 29. All right. All right, I, I, I don't think this is one place where we'll disagree, Clint. The Texans need to fix multiple places on this roster, and they've got a chance to do it in free agency. What are some of those names? I know many of y'all nuts have kicked them around. We're going to give you names that you need to think about that are realistic options for the Texans to improve this team. That's coming up next. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. All right, fellas, I, I've had to get to the bottom of this. Um, I Some investigative journalism? I, I did, man, and I may I may need you to jump in on this. I, I've listened to Clint um, do it live and both. Uh, and, and do it live in front of me, and I've listened to it while I've while I've uh, ridden in the car. This uh this twin this Twin Peaks read, where you start talking about I've heard of the sex on the beach, I understand what that shot is, I understand what the buttery nipple shot is, the porn star shot, that that that's the one that throws me off. I I did not I did not know what that was. I probably should have asked what it was before I started uh, publicly on radio suggesting it to people. I, I, I started calling around Twin Peaks in the break, uh, and I wasn't able to get anything. Boobs and beers, nothing better. Now, me and Tyler once we called about twelve Waffle Houses one time when you weren't here, trying to figure out if they do uh, if they do reservations. Uh, and Waffle House? Yeah, and they did not. No. Trying to do what Trevor did. Trevor got a reservation. <laughs> I tried to get a reservation at 12. They told me, just come on in. <laughs> I don't know. I found this, that it is a, it is an intensely flavored passion fruit drink. A mix of vanilla vodka, lime juice, and Prosecco on the side. That, that sounds like, that sounds juicy. Buttery nipple. Uh, yeah, I, look, I've, there was a time in my life when I was a huge fan of buttery nipples. Buttery nipple, they taste great. I don't and, know who's saying they, they taste great, and they're really, really fun to order. You could just say they taste great in general. Yeah, I mean, if you'd like to, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, we're trying to talk about buttery nipples yeah. to drink. You're just <laughs> you're, talking you're about buttery about, nipples. You're thinking about, like, spray butter <laughs> on buttery a, nipples. On a, <laughs> just nips in general, man. <laughs> Yeah, no, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what's, I don't know what's in the, the point. Well done, well done, Thank you. Mike Irvin. I, I, I don't know what's in the uh, porn star Mike loves shot. Them. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, he, I'm sure yeah, he does. I just that, that's what it said. I, and this buttery nipple. Thing. Like, we'll be at Twin Peaks coming up this uh, this Thursday. I'm gonna try it. We will be. Did you? By the way, when I walked out of the studio there to to go to the to the restroom, Ob Scott, he's listening down the hallway. He said, "The buttery nipples, huh?" Yeah, the good one. Ob Skeezy, SportsRadio610.com. Like he, the, he likes buttery nipples too, y'all. I'm just sitting here, man. I checked up first time I heard it. And check and try your porn star. <laughs> you, made, you made me laugh in the middle of that. I laugh, it gets me every time. I <laughs> oh, my God. Movie. I'm going to call these people. at. at, at I'm going to get somebody at Twin Peaks. They're going to tell me what the hell. Maybe we this, should do it live. We could. We gotta, we'd have to tell them they're going to be live. But, oh, that's right. you got to tell the the people. Uh, That'd I'm, be hard to relay over at, at uh, 445 on a, at a Twin Peaks. Yeah. Uh, I've gotten in trouble for it before, but you just tell them before you, they come on. Hey, you're Butter live on radio. I've made that mistake. Do you, do you, are you okay with being live? <laughs> you agreed to be live? Oh, yeah, those great. Dunkin' Donuts in Cleveland didn't appreciate that. But Buttery nipple. But, uh, yeah, I, I just want to get down on the bottom of that thing. All right, Clint. Um, listen, the, uh, the wait, Texans. Wait, wait. Did you hear what he just said? Yeah, I, I mean, and like you, you do this from time to time, and it actually sometimes it, this this time it worked out really good. 
instead of saying you want to get to the bottom of it, you said, I want to get down on the bottom of it. I said, I want to get down to the bottom of it. No, you did not. <laughs> I said to the. No. I said to the. I want to get down on the bottom <laughs> of it. Get down on the bottom of it. Like you're thinking about the bottom side of a boob or something. I said, I'm going to get down to the bottom of it. No, I don't think you did. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready. Hold on to your nipples. I don't think you did. I said that. Get think, down to the bottom of this. We are. You'll get um, down on the bottom of I it. I did not say that. It's not accurate. <laughs> I'm down to get, get down the, on the bottom. Let me get on this bottom I'm side. Like we know you y'all, are. Y'all, it's y'all, y'all fan of underboob? It's not accurate. Big of course. Fan. Big not? fan. What are you talking about? Under, over, top, bottom, kind of left, right? I mean, I feel like that's no, pretty. No, hate it. I feel like that's a pretty common question among boob talking men. It's beneath me. Do you Have you gotten a response of no ever? Have you got like, seriously? Have you ever I, I, gotten? I didn't a mean. I didn't mean with, the generic question of "Do you like?" I just meant the conversation about like. like oh, you thought that was a jumping point to get to talking about? Like, yeah. I, I don't. I would imagine that some there's some folks out there that that don't find underboob real attractive, especially not attractive as you. You two just jumped on. I that. don't know, man. You don't think? I mean, are we? Are we? Are, no, we're we talking it, about people that are interested in women. Well, yeah, okay. I mean, uh, yeah. I don't know, side boob? Y'all side boob fans? Absolutely. Any blank, anything that's followed by boob, I'm probably a big fan of. That's just my rule of thumb. Okay. Someone said, I bet Clint has had a buttery nipple at Limelight in Baytown. Yes, he has. I've also had a a PMP. Go look that one up at Limelight. Buttery nipple? It was a terrible night for me. (laughs) I've had some nights at uh, old Limelight myself. It was a terrible night for me. All right, listen, before we we completely lose it all. Uh, <laughs> listen, the Texans, I, this, this is something there, there shouldn't be any excuses for. They've got, they've got a lot of holes and they, they've got a lot of holes to fill and they've got money to fill, not to mention the draft capital as well. Clint, where, where do you go with this? Cause some people, some people push the doll, thought of, Hey, I'm going to draft offensively and then I want to spend money defensively. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to do one of the. Where are you at on that? Do you feel like the Texans should throw a lot of their assets uh, financially in terms of free agency to the defensive side of the ball? Is yeah. that, is that yeah. where you think they should do and yeah. then go young offensively? Yeah, I, I, well, I think I think there's so many holes in the defensive side of the ball, on the offense too. But, I mean, I don't think you're going to be able to address any, either side of the football strictly with the draft or with free agency. I, I just think when you look at D'Amico Rhines, he's a defensive-minded head coach, um, it's going to be a, a, a big shift, I think, schematically from what we saw with Lovey Smith. And not that that matters because the front seven or the front six, let's go front six. In today's football, it's more about two backers and four down linemen than, than anything. But um, So when you look at that, that front six, for me, I think is a major concern that D'Amico looks at and goes, man, if I just want to have a puncher's chance this year, I've got to get better right now. And I think the quickest way to get better is is – through free agency with veterans that have experience. Look, I think you you, you drafted Jalen Carter, number two overall out of Georgia. I, I think you're going to have a good player, but it's a crapshoot of whether that guy is the superstar yep. that you expect from a number two overall draft pick. I, I think at number 12, if if you draft – you know, a, a defensive end, or like, let's go, you can go back to number two. If, if Will Anderson's around, it's defensive end. You want to go Will Anderson? Yeah, I mean, we, we've seen. Look, Jadavion Clowney was a, a good draft pick, but in the big scheme of things, 
he, he wasn't the defensive end that you, from a production standpoint, that you thought he was going to be. You had to swing him around in, in a hybrid fashion and use him a certain way, and you got some you got some run out of him, but he wasn't what you thought he was going to be. So that's always a little bit of a crapshoot to go get a, a absolute plug-and-play starter that's a, a, a legit game-changer. I think I think on the defensive side of the football, I think D'Amico Rhines, which we know he it, it's it's his it's what he he knows inside and out, and that's the defensive side of the football. I, I think they've got to spend some serious free agent money in the front six on the defensive side of the ball. Sure. Have have to, and it, and it feels like they can see the benefit from that very quickly. It, it, it feels like that can be a fix, and this isn't. Because I think there are options at the very, very high end of what the highest amount guys will cost. Yeah. Like Hargrove, I, I believe, out of Philadelphia, if they let him go, I mean, he's a, that, that's a big price. You get 11 sacks, you know, from the inside. That's, that's a big price. Payne, maybe a little bit beneath that. But they have – there are a lot of people up front that play, you know, the, the defensive tackle positions, nose, three technique, one tech, whatever, that they come in tears. That would be vast improvements on what you had that you could pair with Malik Collins, and then start to build, you know, your your depth around that. I I think I think at those spots, there are there are pieces at three different levels, very very expensive, you know, in the middle, and then bargains that that you can get to really help because they've got to improve that man. It's got worse and worse, and they went they they got on a stretch where they played pretty good ball towards the end to slow down. Yeah. How bad, but Brooks was coming in every week telling us like all time historic numbers that they were pushing and stopping the run, and that's that's three years. Well, in a we row, we've man. just got to get beyond guys not tackling well. We got to get beyond guys not being in their gap. We got you know all, all of those little just. I mean, it's one thing to have a little bit of an issue here or there, but the, I mean, this we're going on three years of this stuff. Absolutely, I mean four years of this stuff. So it, it's it's that's got to change, and and we're and, seeing guys leave them. Be productive otherwhere, yeah, yeah, other yeah, places like yeah. Shaq Lawson and and, and uh, Charles Amenahu. Yeah, yeah, there, there was yeah. So look, I I think if you look at it defensively, I think the second the, the best the fastest way for this team to win more football games, I think, is to spend free agent dollars inside that front six on the defensive side of the ball. I think the secondary there's pieces there that 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 D'Amico can can play with and and, and get creative with and and play different coverages and. Put on an island and and you know get guys or safeties Jalen P- uh, Petrie around the, the line of scrimmage and around the ball. It's it, it's the it's the the defensive line and the linebacker crew. Look, I think Christian Harris is the one guy in this linebacker crew that is a that is a, a starter in this defense, and I think D'Amico Ryan's could make a star out of sooner rather than later. I thought at first he was a little bit undersized, but then when you compare him to Dre Greenlaw and even Fred Warner, he falls right in the middle. And and, and we're talking about it's his second year in a league, so. I think he. You got to find which one of the two inside linebackers Christian Harris is is comfortable playing, and then I think you got to you got to go find a guy to play next to him. Yeah. Right. Um. There, there's a couple of guys out there. I like the Edmonds cat from from um from Buffalo. Um. Uh, I don't know if he fits what what D'Amico wants or not, but I do like him. Um. And, and I like then, him a lot. It, it, but you you shore that up because that's a quarterback of the defense. I, I think that that's got to get right. And um, it, doesn't it feel like that's. I mean, what we've watched; those are the names that that's the position you think of with the Niners. That it, that Fred Warner, yeah, being there has been huge. Their whole linebacker, linebacker quarter. Well, I, I just think they do a lot. I think communication is absolutely important, and and that guy's doing the most of the communicating, at least inside the box. And so I think it's important. 
and then and then either either equal to or, or just below. I think that they that defensive tackle position, they've just they have got to they've got to get some help via free agency. I'm not talking about even if you go get Jalen Carter with the number two overall pick, you better bring in a, a, a high level a high level free agent to play next to him. Um, that to me, that's just where there's going to be guys available, um, and, and you can make the quickest improvement, right? I, I think you you get one more linebacker and you get a couple of D tackles, man. You you could with D'Amico Ryan's upgrade schematically with him using Derek Stingley and Jalen Petrie the way they should be used. Um, I, 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 we could see some a big time improvement on that defense side of the football overnight. I mean, we got to call a spade a spade. I mean, you had rotation guys playing starter roles in both both levels, right? And then you had like to me, Camu was not a starting linebacker when he even when he was there. Kirksey to me had, had lost that 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 range as well. And then you had so you had starter guys that were rotation guys, and then you had practice squad guys as rotation guys. Like yep. you had those guys getting they have got to improve that and and they should. There is as I said the start of the thing off, there is no excuse with the uh the amount of uh, money they have free agency wise and it's not like a position where like there's no Chris Jones, there's no uh, uh there's no Jeffrey Simmons, there's no Aaron Donald that you go that's uh, available that you got to pay 100 million dollars. These are guys that you can that you should be able to afford with where you are and not to mention the draft capital you got. All right, coming up, uh, more news on the coaching situation and one guy that was thought to be a favorite for one of the jobs is apparently out and if this was thought to be an option for the Texans it is no longer one as well. We'll discuss that coming up next. I met a guy recently who told me that he spends roughly $250,000 a month. I talked to another person recently who made $50 million at the age of 30. What do you do with that money? How do you spend it? How do you not spend it? What do you invest in? If you meet a rich person, these are questions everyone wants to know, but you're too embarrassed to ask. That's the whole premise of MoneyWise. We talk to real people who have made a significant amount of money, and we ask them all about their finances. My name's Sam Parr, and the podcast is called MoneyWise. That's one word, money-wise. You can find MoneyWise wherever you get your podcast.